You've got a hand in it, Lake of the Ozarks. 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. Stacey Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, February 21st. A Rocky Mount man was seriously injured in a crash Saturday on Route W. 62-year-old Ronald Libert was driving when the vehicle traveled off the right side of the roadway, struck a MoDOT sign, and overturned down an embankment, according to the Highway Patrol. Libert sustained serious injuries and was transported by private conveyance to Lake Regional Hospital. An Awardsville man was killed Monday in a motorcycle crash on Route Y. 20-year-old Logan Lowry was driving when the Highway Patrol says a vehicle failed to negotiate a curve, ran off the right side of the road, overturned, and struck a sign. 19-year-old Raina Taff was a passenger on the motorcycle. She sustained moderate injuries and was transported to Lake Regional Hospital. Lowry was pronounced at Lake Regional Hospital. The Lake Pub Crawl, a.k.a. the Mardi Gras Pub Crawl, is bringing three days of fun to Lake of the Ozarks this weekend. Starting this Friday, February 24th, and going through Sunday, the Mardi Gras party doesn't stop. This year will include parties at Dog Days and Encore, as well as various other pub crawl spots, and transportation is back this year with buses running on Saturday from 4 in the afternoon until midnight. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from LakeExpo.com. LakeExpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. We've got some college and some high school hoops for you tonight. High school action on Lake TV. It's the last game of the regular season on Lake TV. 18-6 and six for sales at 7-18 and 18 Eldon tonight. The Tigers and Mustangs. You can see that on Lake TV. Tip-off scheduled for right around 7.30. The COMC pregame show about 10 minutes before tip-off. Again, it's for sales and Eldon tonight on Lake TV. It'll be Camden's in play in California Thursday. College hoops tonight. It is Mizzou looking for its 20th win of the season. They are at home against Mississippi State tonight. MSU Bears will be at home against Murray State tonight. And on the ice, the St. Louis Blues looking to break a two-game losing skid. They're on the road to play the Hurricanes. Spring training underway for the Cardinals and the Royals. They both have their first game of spring training this Saturday. Cardinals against the Nationals and the Royals will take on Texas. Hard to believe it's spring training time already. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, and they're all greatness, including Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris every day at 802, 102, and 802. They talk about what's going on at the lake, lake news, lake sports, lake events, all of that on Lake TV. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. 
A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by our media partners at Lake TV. If it's happening at the lake, it's happening on Lake TV. Lake TV brings you five local shows to let you know what's going on and help you get to know our area's movers and shakers. Lake TV also brings you live high school football and basketball and a weekly coaches show. Watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90 or absolutely free on Roku, Amazon Fire, and always streaming live at MyLakeTV.com. If you're a member or a prospective member of the Camdenton Chamber of Commerce, you need to check out the Leads Group. That's L-E-A-D-S. It's business professionals meeting on a regular basis for an hour to share experience and referrals. It's a great way for new business owners to network with people in the know over morning coffee. Contact the Camdenton Chamber Office for information at 573-346-2227. Join 89.3 The Key for the True History Professor program featuring Professor Jim Paisley. The national media now is kind of taking advantage of people. They hit you with a, you know, a big headline and then they don't give you any information behind it. There's no context to it. Problem. And so what I'm going to try and do, uh, you know, on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what what were the events? What are the things behind the scenes here? What, what led to this? Professor Paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present-day events. But we take it on face value without having any knowledge of why. It, well, it's because the news told us. Join Professor Jim Paisley Thursdays and Saturdays at 6 a.m., 2 p.m., and 10 p.m. for the True History Professor program on 89.3 The Key. This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key. Well, good morning. It is 8.07. Not a beautiful day at the lake, man. Two in a row, and possibly three in a row, depending on what Mother Nature wants to do to us tomorrow. She is looking at uh, maybe bringing us some precipitation and uh, maybe even a little bit of severe weather. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. Right now, 39 degrees in Osage Beach, and we are looking for a high today of around 62 degrees. Partly cloudy this morning, overcast during the afternoon, 
and then scattered thunderstorms developing late with a low tonight near 55. Rain chance tomorrow with thunderstorms in the forecast looks like 100% at this point. And as I look at the forecast, thunderstorms likely potential for severe thunderstorms does exist with that high of 66. Clear and 39, so it'll blow through tomorrow. And then uh, sunny at 45 on Thursday, partly cloudy and 43 on Friday. Another decent weekend for us here at the beautiful Lake of the Ozarks. Clouds in 55. Showers in 59 on Sunday. And then really uh, not bad at all to wrap up the month of February and get into March. For the first day of March, this is what it looks like, the extended forecast. So obviously it could change a bit. hope it doesn't change much. Clouding in 64 for the first day of March. So that is not bad at all. Not at all. So we'll take it. As I said, 39 degrees in Osage Beach. We're broadcasting live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. Where the current lake level is 656.48, river level at 557.87, and the surface water temperature is 41 degrees. Still not a, uh, a day that you want to take a dip in the lake. Maybe uh, somewhere, somewhere down the line, uh, you might want to get out today. I know there were folks on the water yesterday. How could you not, living at the Lake of the Ozarks, how could you not get out on the water to enjoy one of these uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful spring-like days that we've had and will have. But we'll keep an eye on the forecast for you tomorrow. Looks like we uh, are set to talk with Professor Jim Paisley next hour. He is going to be in to talk about, of all things, well, how about Grover Cleveland? Yeah. Regarded as the eighth greatest president of the United States, he was president twice. He was president Uh, Had that little uh, stretch in there where he wasn't president and then got uh, elected to the position yet again. And he had actually won, from what I understand, the popular vote like three times. But the good professor, Jim Paisley, will join us at 910 to talk about Grover Cleveland. I had actually asked him if it would be okay to do that. And he said, uh, sure, we'll do a little history lesson on Grover. And so we will. This hour, we have Anne-Marie Bianchi, and she is in the studio with us here this morning. And we are going to talk with Anne-Marie about her journey and uh, her, her journey in regards to her health, which I'm sure has affected her life and uh, certainly has given her a whole new perspective on all of it. And we welcome her into the uh, studio here at SRG Financial Advisors. And you can see her up there on the SRG Financial Advisors Key Radio in-studio live cam. Good morning. Good morning, KB. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you this morning? I am very well. It's so great to have you here. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. For a variety of reasons. Of course, we're going to talk about what what you've been going through. Yeah. And, uh, of course, something that I don't think uh, most folks would wish on anyone but it happens. And in this day and age, we've probably uh, talked about someone in our lives who we know that has dealt with cancer. And um, you are someone who's been dealing with cancer, and you have gone through, I'm sure, all of the range of emotions as you, you know, go in and get diagnosed, and then they uh, sit down and determine a treatment plan for you. And uh, you're here today looking good oh thank you (laughs) and i would say that um in a lot of cases 
this is something that I would think, considering everything that you've been through and your faith, that uh, you're just uh, you're glad to be here. And I would imagine, you know, you're an inspiration for a lot of people. You probably don't know that, but uh, but you but you probably are because they followed you very closely and they want to see how things work out for you but more importantly they're rooting you on and and they're 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 in your corner and you have their support and that has to mean a lot to you as well yes it does definitely does definitely being new to the area um that meant a, has meant a ton and um you know it nobody prepares you for that moment when you hear those words um and that was a very big shock to us in February of 2022. Right. So you and your husband, Scott, yes. um, obviously you're known in the community for something else, but we're not really going to focus on that. That's, yes. <laughs> that's, not, uh, that's not why you're here today. Yeah. I wanted to bring you in for a couple of reasons, and the first reason I wanted to bring you in is to, is to talk about this journey that you've been on dealing with cancer and how it's affected you and, and seemingly, I guess, how it's probably made you stronger. And also then, I want to talk a little bit about maybe some plans down the road for uh, some things that uh, you're going to bring to the table here on Key Radio. But uh, jump in any place and, 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 and maybe even talk about where you were and take us up to the point where you found out that you had cancer. And um, that, as I mentioned earlier, range of emotions that you, uh, that you dealt with. Yeah, well, back in um, 2011, um, I had to kind of rebuild of my, my life with my four children. I was a single mom. Mm-hmm. Um, we were living up in the Chicagoland area. And, um, you know, I was just trying to rebuild my life. And then in that midst of it, I did, um, there was discovered a lump in my right breast at that time. Um, my mom had a, was a breast cancer survivor. And then she got ovarian cancer. And she passed away that year of 2011. And, um, you know, as you hear that in your family history, she was the first one ever in our family to get cancer. And it was kind of foreign to us. I mean, you hear it all around you, but it doesn't directly hit you until mm-hmm. it's your it's your family and it's your mom or relative or sister or brother. And so when I got um, when I got had that lump in my right breast, it was not cancerous at the time, um, but they did go through. We did um, remove it uh, back in 2016 and you know i just said to the lord just please let me just get the kids in college just let me live to that point Hmm. because at the point you know as a single parent you just want your children to be okay yes and and i didn't have anybody else so um my parents passed away at that time we're already there i mean i had my brothers and sisters and aunts and and but like as a sole person for those kids that was it and so um so i just said lord just let me live just to get through that. And it wasn't cancerous. And I was like, okay, I'm I'm good. And so um, we came down here in June of 2021. Um, I was looking for employment. Uh, I found employment in October. Um, And then um, my husband, uh, he mainly works uh, where where we live on our land, but he had to go away and he came back from a a trip and he said, what's that? And I said, what's what? And he goes, "That, that, that lump there. And I'm like, oh, it's Probably nothing, um, you know, as women, when we get our menstrual cycle, we get things going on there. And so I said, oh, nothing. And he's like, no. And, and, and I'm like, oh, I just kept an eye on that. And then, um, and then it wouldn't go away. And I was like, hmm, 
I think I need to get this checked out. So I just became really aggressive mm. and of uh, getting an appointment soon, getting a mammogram soon, which I encourage that so greatly because you, you don't think it's you. And, and I'm a healthy, I'm a marathon runner. I work out six days a week. I, you know, I, I ate right. It wasn't like I was, you know, eating bad things. Um, my, my weight was normal mm. for my age. So it was, I'm this he- healthy individual. You don't think it's going to be you, but... You go for that mammogram and, you know, we went through those steps and, um, and, you know, when I found out it, it was a shock, you know, um, but, you know, Scott and I have only been married three and three, three years and four months. Um, and so we're still newlyweds, Mm -hmm. you know, we're still like trying to, um, figure things out, but like God has weaved us so much. And I just looked at him and I said, you know, we're gonna, we have the Lord, we're going to get through this somehow. And so that's where it began. So did you feel as though, um, and, and I, you know, it's got to be tough because a lot of people, until you go through it, you don't know just exactly what goes through someone's mind who's dealing with it, right? Right. So kind of tell us initially about the, the range, as, as I mentioned, the range of emotions that you were dealing with. Because again, you had said back in what, 2011? I just want to get my kids through college. Oh, it was 2016, yes. I yeah. just want to get my kids through college, yeah. Um, 2016, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, that's okay. Uh, no problem at all. Um, I, you know, cancer is a, a layer, layers, layers and layers of of um, emotion, uncertainty, um, you know, that next transition to what's next. And initially, you know, I just grieved there's just grief. Mm-hmm. I didn't want my hair to change. I didn't want my body to change. I didn't want my hormone. I didn't want any of that to change. Right. And, and you know, when I went through the first, when I went get the first lump removed and I went through again, God told me something and he said, you know, in the Garden of Gethsemane in Luke, Jesus talks about, Lord, take this cup from me. Take it, come from me. But if it is your will, I will go through it. And then he sent angels to strengthen him. And I completely felt that and God reminded me of this because I want to say, God, take this from me. Mm-hmm. I don't want this. I don't want to go through this. I don't want to change. And, you know, Jesus felt exactly what we felt. And so for me, I was like, but Lord, if it is your will, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know what this looks like. I don't know what chemo is. I don't know what surgeries are. I don't know any, I, I don't know how this is going to change my marriage, our life here. I don't know, mm-hmm. but Lord, just strengthen me. And that's, and that gave me comfort as I'm grieving and I had to grieve and I encourage pay, you know, cancer patients to grieve because it's really important because then that's, you get through that process. And then, you know, as I gone through that, I get, you know, went through that period of time of a few weeks that I just had to cry. And then I'm like, okay, all right. All right. (laughs) This cup is not leaving me. I'm going to, you know, gird up, do what I need to do. Hold on to my faith in Jesus as much as I can Mm -hmm. and take one day at a time. Did you ever feel at any point like your faith was something that you, I don't know, You felt maybe like, you know, I've been a firm believer. I've been, you know, following your word, but you do this to me again, and 
I don't really know if I believe in you as much as I did before. Was there ever, did you ever question your faith? Well, you know, when I went through in 2019, when I was, or 2011, when I was about uh, a single parent with my kids, I had nothing, nothing. Mm-hmm. And I had to build myself up. And I mean, I was making $10 an hour with four children. And I, it took me 10 years to get through that and to build like a life for me and my children before I met Scott. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was just like, you know, but I saw him work and I saw him do things and I saw him restore. And through this process, you know, and, and af- after I've just had, you know, three surgeries, I just got done with my last surgery. You know, the Lord is like, I was telling the Lord, Lord, I'm tired. I'm tired of surgery, recover, restore, a surgery, recovery, restore. He goes, but that's what I do for you every day. Mm-hmm. That you ha- he has something in this. He takes the beauty for ashes. He promises to do that. And th- when you go through hardship and trial, you really understand where he, where, who he is. Mm-hmm. This word became life for me, became food for me, because his promises held me, because there was times when Scott wasn't, in the operating room with me, when Scott wasn't in a procedure or a test or anything else with me that I had to go through. It was just me and God. That was it. But like his promises to do it came to life. That gave strength and courage and just, I could feel his love. I mean, not like this revelation, but I could just feel him saying, I will walk this way. He promises to. And so for me, I will, I've been a Christian 28 years. So I believe that he will walk through that with you. And it's, it's, I don't have the answers. I still don't know why KB. I don't, you know, God hasn't given me that. I don't know why. I don't know why he chose me for, to go through that, but I know it strengthens me and I know it brings me to a deeper level with him. And for me, I'm a very extroverted person as you very well know. And so he last year he gave me the word i want you undistracted Mm -hmm. and i thought okay i'll just remove this and this this is a different undistracted this was i'm going to remove everything from you take you take me to you uh, take you to me and hold you close and that's what he did i mean i I mean days that i would just sit outside and and just i i couldn't even speak i just sat there sick um times that I was so discouraged, times that I didn't even have strength to do anything. It was just him. So in those workings, he wanted me for himself. He wanted to pour into my heart. And this is the way that happened. And this is the way that was um, but used for his glory. But we have to know that the enemy does work against us, right? The enemy is always coming against us. We have to Absolutely. know that there's a po- other power in play, right. you know, that, that, you know, is not greater than the Lord. But that, you know, he wants to destroy our lives. He wants to destroy what we came. He wants to destroy why me and Scott came here or, you know, what our purpose is in life. He wants to destroy that. But, you know, God's purposes are higher and he could turn that around. And I, and, and I haven't seen that full turnaround, but I don't need to. He just wants me faithful. And so that's really, really what I've just really focused on is, Lord, I just want to be faithful. I am broken person. I am a sinful person. But I want to be faithful with what you have in me. What was your husband's initial reaction when he found out? And what has he been like? How has he helped you? Um, has he had uh, any moments of doubt, you think, um, in, in his life? 
because you know you guys have just been married for a short time, yeah. and it turns out the woman he loves is 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 fighting a battle, and even though he can be there by your side, I would imagine as a as a husband, he almost felt helpless because yeah. there's really not much he can do other than lend support, be there with you when you go to the hospital, and be there with you when you're at home. And be there as someone who, uh, you know, holds you and hugs you and lets you know everything is going to be okay. Mm. Was it difficult for him? Oh, yeah. I, you know, I, I think the process when somebody goes through cancer is, you know, the patient has a journey, but the loved one has a journey, too. Mm-hmm. The loved ones around them accept it different ways. And, and sometimes they deny it. Sometimes they, you know, uh, are crushed by it. You know, it, it just there's a different reaction. Um you know, me, me and Scott were both single parents for 11 years before we met. And um, God weaved us many years. We lived in, a mile apart from each other when we grew up, and we didn't even know it. Um, just so many childhood memories we share and different things that we share. And when we found each other, we were just like, we, we both couldn't believe it. Um, and so, you know, I think his biggest thing is I don't want to lose you. Mm-hmm. You know, I finally found you. I don't want to lose you. Um, and Scott is, um, I mean, he has been such a rock, such an encouragement. Every chemo he came to, um, you know, doing my drains, wiping, cleaning me, helping me, getting me out of our camper. Like, you need to get out. Like, you need to, we, you know, taking me on a drive just so I'm not, you know, you know, because he knows I need to get out. Just doing different things, loving me. And every day he says, you're beautiful. When I'm bald, when I have no eyebrows, he's telling me I'm beautiful. And I don't feel beautiful, I'll tell you that. As women, when we lose these things, it's it's a, it's part of that grief. But he would just look to me, he's like, you're beautiful. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And he's like, it's more than just this. It's mm. it's this. And 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 we would just sit and talk for hours. And And he would just serve me serve me and and help me um encourage me um support me uh and and it's been hard and he's looked at me and he's just starts tearing up and it's just like i hate to see you in pain i wish i could take this from you sure and you want to do that for everyone loved one right Mm -hmm. you love somebody like you wish you could take that from him but to see even me say see him sad um and 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 with like him and our kids we have five kids um you know, they just keep me fighting. I'm like, I'm fighting for you. I'm fighting for the kids. I'm fighting for our grandkids. I want to live a life with you. Um, and, but his, his faith is still, was still strong. He's like, I'm going to trust God and I'm going to give my wife over to God and I'm just going to, um, serve. And, and, you know, when we got married, I'm like, I tell him now, I'm like, you know, (laughs) You know, can you imagine all, all that we went to? I mean, like, I've, we feel like we've been married 30 years, you know, and it's it's only been three years. But there's been so many intimate moments that we've had through adversity, through everything since we've been here, that are bringing intimacy that that is so special and so unique that I, I'm just so grateful that I can experience that in a marriage. I really am. It's not something that everyone has to go through, but it certainly sounds, Anne-Marie, as though it's really built a uh, an unbreakable bond almost between the two of you. 
And uh, what about your children? How, how have your children dealt with all of this? Uh, of course, you're their mom, and the last thing they want to do is, is, is lose mom. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, they want to be there for mom as well. Yeah. Um, breaking the news to them was very hard. Um, we got we do Zoom calls monthly as a family because mm-hmm. they're all over the country, and so they're all in their twenties. And um, you know, breaking the news to them, a um, lot of weeping, a lot of crying, because there's unknown. Um, I didn't know what this is going to look like. I didn't know what the journey was going to be like. Um, uh, I was very grateful that several of them, most of them, were able to either come to a chemo or come with me or visit during this whole year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for college students and young adults, that's hard to do when you're traveling so far. But they made a way to to come here. Um, we had, um, they would wear my headband. I'm wearing one now. And actually, I have one for you, well, KB. You. I will wear it proudly. My white wind warrior headband. Um, but they would wear that in support and send me pictures and um, just be um, a, a great support and I told them I said when I when I find son I found out I said listen please do two things for me kids one please don't be angry at the lord because mm-hmm. this is not he has not put this on me he will get this through get me through this but he has not done this and two live your life and as a single parent and I've told this to Scott as a single parent and, and Scott said at that time he said I will take care of her and that was huge for my boys because as I was a single parent, my boys were kind of like, you know, I need to protect mom. Mm-hmm. I need to care for mom. And when he said that, that was like a release. Like, it's okay, guys. Right. You can live your life and not worry about mom. And that was huge for them because that was many years that they kind of had that burden. Not intentionally, but they just had that burden. So they were able to continue on with their lives. And I'm like, tell me things. Tell me what's going on with you. Don't be afraid just because I'm sick. I don't want to not hear the joys or the hardship going on with you. I want to hear what's going on. I want to hear the happy things. I want to celebrate with you. So don't hold back because I'm sick. You're not burdening me. You're, you're blessing me by telling me what's going on in your life. And I think as a cancer, when you have cancer, people don't want to burden you. You know, they, you know I don't want to tell you... I want to know. They, we want to know. Like, you know, we might be limited, but I want to see the joy and the things that are going on with you. That keeps us going. Well, it certainly can do something to help take up uh, some time where you might be sitting around thinking, uh, you know, what's next for me? What, what, what else will I have to deal with? What else will I have to overcome? And, you know, just like any parent, you want to be actively involved in your children's lives. We need to step aside and take the bottom of the hour break, and we'll come back and talk more with Anne-Marie Bianchi, uh, sharing her journey of life and um, dealing with cancer. And uh, obviously we know how it's affected her and her family. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, the process that she is going through in order to uh, uh, kick that cancer to the curb. Amen. And also some some information we're going to share with you this morning on... uh, Something Anne-Marie has got planned for the future, and she's going to share it with us here on Key Radio. You are listening to The Daily Show. I'm I'm Stacey 
Stacey Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, February 21st. A Rocky Mountain man was seriously injured in a crash Saturday on Mount W. 62-year-old Ronald Gilbert was driving when the vehicle traveled off the right side of the roadway, struck a motor sign, and overturned down an embankment, according to Highway Patrol. Gilbert sustained serious injuries and was transported by private vans to Lake Regional Hospital. An awardsville man was killed Monday in a motorcycle crash on Route Y. 20-year-old Logan Lowry was driving when the highway patrol says the vehicle failed to negotiate a curve, ran off the right side of the road, overturned, and struck a sign. 19-year-old Raina Taft was a passenger on the motorcycle. She sustained moderate injuries and was transported to Lake Regional Hospital. Lowry was pronounced at Lake Regional Hospital. The Lake Pub Crawl, a.k.a. the Mardi Gras Pub Crawl, is bringing three days of fun to Lake Regional Hospital. Ozarks this, this weekend. weekend. Starting, Starting this Friday, Friday February, February 24th, 24th and going, and going through Sunday, Sunday, the Mardi, Mardi Gras party, party doesn't, doesn't stop. stop. This, this year, year will include parties at Dog Days and Encore, as well as various other pub crawl spots, and, and transportation is back this year with buses, buses running, running on Saturday from 4 in the afternoon until midnight. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake News Events, Boating, and Lake Life, lakeexpo.com. A portion, a portion of the program, program on Key Radio, Radio is, brought is brought to you by Adair's Wildlife, Wildlife Removal, Removal Service, Service, offering a portable, a portable solution for all of the residential and commercial nuisance animal problems. Adair's, Adair's keeps, keeps the wildlife where it belongs, belongs. In, in the wild, wild. serving Camp Camp Villa and, and Morgan County, County. Online, online at adairs-animals.com. Or, or call 573 573-378-8739. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. We've got some college and some high school hoops for you tonight. High school action on Lake TV. It's the last game of the regular season on Lake TV. 18-6 and six for sales at 7-18 and 18 Eldon tonight. The Tigers and Mustangs. You can see that on Lake TV. Tip-off scheduled for right around 7.30. The COMC pregame show about 10 minutes before tip-off. Again, it's for sales and Eldon tonight on Lake TV. It'll be Camdenton playing California Thursday. College hoops tonight. It is Mizzou looking for its 20th win of the season. They are at home against Mississippi State tonight. MSU Bears will be at home against Murray State tonight. And on the ice, the St. Louis Blues looking to break a two-game losing skid. They're on the road to play the Hurricanes. Spring training underway for the Cardinals and the Royals. They both have their first game of spring training this Saturday. Cardinals against the Nationals and the Royals will take on Texas. Hard to believe it's spring training time already. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, and they're all greatness, including Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris every day at 802, 102, and 802. They talk about what's going on at the lake, lake news, lake sports, lake events, all of that on Lake TV. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. The goal of Key Radio is to offer the community an opportunity to share information and to express their ideas and opinions. Key Radio presents a platform for all types of information. 
We encourage interested content providers to create podcasts that explain the finer points of business, family issues, arts and entertainment, religion, government, and more. Key Radio is also looking for unique and one-of-a-kind podcasts as well. Key Radio is based on positive and productive podcasts that encourage and inspire our listeners to become engaged in their community. For more information on becoming a content provider, call 573-280-0532 or go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. You're listening to 89.3 The Key. I'm Bill Munhausen for Orion Center Creation Expo. Imagine this. Jesus finds two fishermen casting their nets and says, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they drop their nets and follow him. Then Jesus runs into another fisherman, John. But instead of following Jesus, John says, I believe in your ministry, Jesus, but I operate a profitable fishing business and have a life and responsibilities. I'll stay here, but I'll serve you by telling all my clients the good news. Is this John a follower of Jesus? The obvious answer is, of course not. Staying behind is pretty much the opposite of following, no matter how you spin it. The gospel is not just believing, it's doing the will of the Lord. Jesus' words are recorded in John 14, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. We can be a little conflicted about Jesus' message, being so involved with church activities and such that we forget Jesus' commandment to go into the world and make disciples. Consider then becoming a true follower. These 60-second messages are based on the book... XPO by Bill Munhausen. Available in Amazon Books. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. Key Gathering Place is a special kind of community center. The serving table makes community meals twice every week. Birthday parties, wedding receptions, or simple gatherings of friends. We have space for meetings and events too big for your living room. Whether you need the patio or our sunroom or our main hall seating 60 with tables, we've got you covered. Our rates are flexible and less than you might think. We make space for your idea to serve the community. www.keygatheringplace.com Positive programming provided by you on the Lakes Community Radio Station, 89.3. The key. key. It's 838. You are listening to The Daily Show. Professor Jim Paisley will join us in about a half hour to talk about uh, President Grover Cleveland, of all things. Uh, on occasion, you know, I'll just I'll throw a topic out to him and I'll say, hey, listen, how do you feel about doing this or how do you feel about doing that? And he's normally very good about uh, appeasing the host. <laughs> And you learn something along the way, and that's what I think is really cool. 41 degrees now in Osage Beach, 62 the expected high. It's going to be a nice day. We'll see an increase in the clouds, uh, rain late tonight, and then it looks like rain's going to be with us for a majority of tomorrow. High of 66, and a low tomorrow night of 39. Things will begin to clear out uh, tomorrow evening, tomorrow night, and then we'll have sunshine on Thursday and a high of 45. Thunderstorms possible tomorrow as well. Possibly... Some severe weather. The potential is there. So uh, keep that in the back of your mind as you head out. And always be prepared to take action 
if uh, there is indeed some severe weather on the horizon. 8.39 is our time. Our guest is Anne-Marie Bianchi, and we've been talking with Anne-Marie about her journey and uh, dealing with cancer and all of the things that uh, she has been going through. And so we were talking off the air, and I guess this is really great news for you. This is some really great news is that uh, you have been through uh, the chemo, you've been through the surgeries, Mm-hmm. And um, aside from the medication that you are taking, um, you are kind of on the other side of this right now. Yes. And yes. Uh, how does that make you feel? Uh, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, it. I you, remember in the beginning right. when we when I started, right. um, me and Scott went to an event, and I was it was a survivor event, and I was looking at all the women saying six months, twenty years. And I just started my journey, um, and I was just crying. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, we we're sitting there crying, and I go, I can't imagine what that looks like. Yeah. Like, there's such a long journey I had. I mean, it's been a year. It just, I just finished my year anniversary when I found out February 2nd. And so it's been this journey of a year, and I was like, what does that feel like? And now, being on the other side of it, it's like, wow. Like... You know, we're we're still healing and recovering, but it it's like wow, I have an opportunity here to do, um, to have something birth out of this, and that's my heart is that something birth out of it. Do you approach the other side of this with guarded optimism, um, or do you just look at it and say, "I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm going to move forward." I think for every cancer patient, when you have that test. Again, right? When you have to, because then you have to get tested all the time. Like I have to see my doctors. And I have right. several, three months, six months, year months. You always have that. Is it back? That, that I mean, we're human. We're going to have that feeling, but um, I don't fear it. I mean, that's not something I fear. I know the Lord. I mean, the Lord number has my days in, in numbered. I said that from the beginning, and that is my kind of like something I've kept in my head. He has my name written in the book. So if this is it, this is it. Do I want it? No. But it. But it's. But it's something that I'm just like I don't have control over that. Right. You know, I, I just have to make the best of what I have today. And so I kind of just approach each day as just this is what Lord are you? What do you have for me today? And I am can't live in that fear because it squenches joy it squenches you know you getting the fullness of your life and enjoying every bit of it and um you know life is too short and 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 i want to enjoy what god has given us you can't live every day like it's you know a a burden or a problem Mm -hmm. or you know you've got all these things to deal with my my gosh considering what you've been through yeah it's it's okay to you know, have a day where you just say, I'm going to enjoy this yeah. to the fullest of my ability. Yeah. Have you had the opportunity, and obviously we're doing it right now, but have you had an opportunity to share your story with other people, uh, you know, primarily people that are going through what you're going through in terms of having cancer, maybe not the same type of cancer, yeah. uh, but sharing your story and then in turn sharing your faith with them and allowing them to understand and realize how important the faith is in order to get through all of this. Because think about it for just a minute here, folks. You find out you've just been married. You've got a new husband. You've got all your children. 
how does it affect all of them? How do you keep that, you know, in check to some degree? And then on top of it, you know, the financial burden that comes along with this. And we want to mention that uh, there's a fundraiser coming up. Uh, we, we definitely want to touch on that as well. Uh, and then you, uh, are you, have you been cleared as far as what your doctors are talking about at this point now? And I say cleared that the cancer is gone. Is it in remission? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they did after the first surgery, they did check uh, the tissues and my lymph nodes and they found no cancer. So it Good. hasn't spread. Wonderful. Uh, the tumor shrunk through the chemo. Um, I had every kind of side effect possible when I was going through um, chemo. Uh, Lost my hair, um, nausea, uh, fatigue, body aches. uh, My nails uh, pulled off my my skin. (laughs) Um, uh, Just I had and and just my my white cell count was very low, um, and I was uh, part anemic, and so there was just a, a slew of things that that brings. Um, and it's kind of like, you never know what you're going to get, you know, after the chemo, you never know when it's going to be. I was, I was really sick. We, we traveled to St. Louis for half of the chemo and then the other half we found a doctor in Rolla to help us. Yeah. I mean, it was just long days. Um, before and the after, certainly. Before and the after. By the time I was home, I was sick as a dog. Right. Um, uh, Scott would have to care, help me from the car. Uh, I just wanted to go to bed. Um, you know, no appetite. You know, um, you know, you just get that metallic taste in your mouth all the time. And um, and and just uh, it, it was like you get in this routine and, you know, I just kept saying, you know, I kept counting. I started counting down, you know, because it was six months of chemo. So, I mean, that seems like such a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was every three weeks and then it was every week. And, um, you know, our employers, you know, he took off work and, and I did, um, just to kind of, uh, you know, get back and forth. We knew I was going to be sick. So throughout the times, there was little times that we'd be like, you know, find ways to, to just look forward to things. I mean, like I said, we haven't had a typical, uh, like, uh, newly married thing. Like we weren't going out and doing things. We were like, you know, you know, talking in recliners, just <laughs> talking to each other and sharing a cup of coffee and talking. So, like, I think there's so many changes that you've gone through. And for me, um, when I was, you know, when I was a single parent, I was very open about my life um, because I needed help. I really rely, uh, I literally had to build my life. I had to, I was in transitional housing. I actually ended up getting a Habitat for Humanity house. I built my own house. Um, worked 250 hours to do that um, amongst being a single parent and trying to provide for four kids. Um, and when I, then this was back in Illinois when I was living, when we were living in Illinois. And when I was there, I mean, I just really learned the power of uh, community and that people need just that help uh, up, not, you know, you know, petty or, you know, not, you know, drawing, but just someone just to keep encouraging them. And, um, my story, uh, I shared openly because I'm like, you know, there's, you know, this is, this is real, you know, everybody's one step away from quote unquote homelessness. Mm-hmm. Um, one, yes. you know, we're, we're not above that and we all need each other. And so I became a really involved with a lot of nonprofits and, and, um, I spoke regularly for several organizations up there. And so when we came down here and this happened down here, you know, and, and we went through the cancer, I mean, 
uh, I'm amazed uh, about how we we've met people in our lives that have supported us. And through that, I thought, you know, I need to people to see what's real. Like this is real. I have good days. I have bad days. I have days. I do feel hopeless. I have felt hopelessness in my spirit by my faith. Do I believe that I didn't, you know, that, that it was hopeless? No, but I felt it. I'm human. I've cried. I've wept. I've screamed. (laughs) Um, But like, I think so like on Facebook and other platforms, I've just been honest and open. I want to be that support. And, and my dream to be honest, KB is one day that, you know, we have land here that, that it can be a resource for other people. I noticed when I went through this, you know, there's no like support services for cancer patients in Lake area. Um, you know, you have, you have, you know, where you can get, um, infusions and things like that, but like counseling and, and exercise and painting classes and, and group sessions. And, um, there's nothing in the area like that. And I would love to create that. Um, that would be a dream for me. Um, because I I feel like God puts you through these things to help other people. They're not just going by the wayside. They're they're for a purpose, and and I'm just trying to figure out what that is. Um, I don't know what that is, but I'm a resource. Um, I I want to be that help. I will walk along somebody if they just want me to go sit there and sit with chemo with them. I will. Mm. Um, we shouldn't be alone. I you know, and I and I know the value of when Scott went with me or when my son went with me. It meant so much to me to be like, okay, they're with me. You could do this can go through another prick, another an effect, another ickiness, another nut, like you can do this. And and so that really made a difference. So I just want to be that. I, I'm just open for that. And and however that happens, it is. Um, I, I do have an email that, um, you know, if anybody needs support or encouraging words or someone to help, I, I'm here. Um, that's, uh, and, and Scott, uh, created that for me and it's just Anne Marie at whitewindwarrior.org so that's Anne Marie A-N-N-M-A-R-I-E at whitewindwarrior.org White Wind Warrior yes that's kind of a came about in my journey dot org Anne Marie at whitewindwarrior.org yes okay folks if you'd like that for one reason or another feel free to uh, shoot me an email uh, or give me a call and we'll pass that along. Yes. You know, you were talking about everything you were dealing with with the cancer, but, you know, you had also mentioned that you were a runner and you were very active. And so your health in general, I mean, you had had to take care of yourself. You had yeah. to watch, you know, things that you were doing, not only because of the cancer, but just your health in general. And um, that to me would also seem like uh, something that, is uh, something that obviously you're paying close attention to. But it's interesting because throughout the conversation that we've had this last hour, I've noticed that you've stayed relatively busy. I mean, you've been involved in a lot of different things, Mm -hmm. a lot of different causes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that probably helps, again, take up some of that space in your mind that you might, one reason or another, allow to, you know, kind of take you on a, journey that you don't want to go on Mm -hmm. and have to deal with all of the negativity. And so your faith, your involvement, um, and and considering that you were dealing with cancer and chemo and everything that comes with it, 
you're pretty amazing. I mean, you're a pretty amazing person mm-hmm. to do all the things that you did, be a mom, be a wife, be a friend, yeah. uh, be an advocate for people who are going through all of this. Um, it's interesting because it seems to me like sometimes um, you get dealt a hand in life and it's how you decide to deal with it yourself. You can sit there and let it consume you and feel sorry for yourself and just allow yourself mentally because the mind is such a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Just allow yourself to be consumed and, and, and just, mm-hmm. just let it take over yeah. Yeah. and it rules you. Yeah. That's and you seemingly have kind of flipped the coin and done it the other way. You have not allowed it to rule your life. You have used this opportunity to to reach out and get involved. And, you know, not everybody's going to go down the same road. Mm-hmm. But listening to you today, um, I would hope that a lot of people out there would realize and understand that, you know, you, you get up some mornings and you don't feel like going to work or you don't feel like getting out of bed or, you know, the little things that we deal with. I mean, understand, folks, Anne-Marie has, has been through the ringer. And uh, seemingly at this point, it seems like you have come out on the right side of things and you continue to just be so strong in your faith and so strong just as a person. And I think that is just so very amazing. So uh, anybody listening who is dealing with it or anybody listening who knows someone mm-hmm. who is dealing with it, mm-hmm. what, what advice would you give them? I would say that be real, you know, be real that what you're going through, we're human. Um, There's days I didn't want to get up to work. I would work in a recliner and I'm, or I would just be a non-encamper and I'd just be a mess and I'd be sick and, or or I'd just be weak or, you know, um, just, just be real. Um, Because it's, it's, it's. I don't want to, it's not a sugarcoating thing. I wouldn't wish it on anybody at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that um, I got to a point and I thank God for this because I've seen him work and I've seen him do miracles in my life. And they're not these great big miracles that, you know, you read in the Bible, but I know in my journey and my cancer journey, there was a hand of God there. I know it by, I just know it because there's no other explanation for it in my mind. And so I got to the point and that, and this is down the road that I was able to praise him. Thank you, Lord, for this, because you're going to do something out of this that you wouldn't do. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the cancer, right? I wouldn't have these connections. I wouldn't have these opportunities. And I think that if we're open our lives to, you know, truly surrender to God, I mean, look what happened to Job. He, Job didn't do anything in the Bible. He did nothing. He was, he was a good, honest, faithful man of God. And God said to the loud and the enemy to take everything away. And he still praised him. And I went through Job so many times going, how could he do that? And I don't want to praise him. And I'd feel like I don't want to. I want to just cry. I want to be just sulk, <laughs> you know? But it's like, I, by faith, though, I mean, a lot of times you just put that emotion. I mean, you could feel it and be real. And that's why I said it first. But also we have to compartmentalize that and say, this is where I'm going to put my emotion. But this is what I'm going to run on. 
And and for me, that praise and honor to him and give him glory for what he's done and what he's will do is what I do by faith. And that's, you know, that's where I want it to be at the end of the day, because it's not about me. This is not about me at all. This is about what God's doing. This is about what he will do through through this, through through anything else. Um, is it easy? Do I question? Do it? Yes. But I, 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 I have to stand on the truth and. I think a lot of times there's so many things that hit you, and um, but we have truth. And so my life and my heart is really to serve others and serve the community. I, you know, we came here with, a, me and Scott came here with a heart to make that dash between our life and our death mean something. Mm-hmm. Um, and whatever means that is, then it is. Well, I thank you for taking the time today to come join us and share your story. Have you been on the radio before? No. No? Well, let me be the first person to tell you that you have done a wonderful job today. Thank you. And uh, I don't know, maybe this is the launch pad for your radio career. Oh. And and I say that because yeah. uh, you and I talked about uh, something uh, that you would like to do and yeah. something that you would like to present. And you and I have kind of talked about it, and we'll, we'll, we'll get all the particulars worked out. Yeah. But talking to local business owners... And and, and kind of tell folks what your what your plan is here. Like yeah. like here she goes again, folks. I mean she's she's gone through cancer and she was staying involved and getting you know doing charitable work and raising a family and doing all these other things. And so, what's the first thing she does when she kind of gets the all clear? She could very easily just say, you know what, I'm gonna pack it up and and go enjoy my life for a while. But no, you want to you want you want to get involved in the community that you live in. Yeah, you know, when we moved here, <clears throat> we learned so much about this area, and we love it here. Um, we are country folk at heart, even though we came from the city, both of us. And so, um, you know, as I've observed this last year, you know, as you know, I've kind of been removed more from the community than I've wanted to be because I've been sick. You know, and we just heard so many times over and over again, you know, just how, you know, in the wintertime, you know, the lake, you know, uh, the attendance is down, you know, people are are not coming back as much as normal. But I mean, there's so many great, amazing businesses here. This is such a wonderful community. And I, you know, it's growing. And I heard you say it yesterday, KB on your show, the community is growing. It continues to grow, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. But there's people like me that come in that don't know the local businesses as well. And, and there's so many good things happening. There's so many great businesses out there. So, you know, again, my my experience in the past has been into the community and, and really networking and collaborating. And I think when we network and we collaborate with each other, great things happen. And so this idea came about just from that, that heart's desire. So I would love to bring in businesses um, to just share their story. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm sharing my story here, just share their story of where, how they started the bit, their businesses. What, what makes them go? What is their foundation? What is their challenges? What is their struggles? And each one is different, but just like sharing that um, and what their heart is on, in the community and how they, um, you know, are dedicated to this community and what, what the services they're bringing. I think it's, 
it, it, I think it just brings a sense of community overall. And when we hear about these businesses, we're like, wow, look at that. You know, look at what they're doing. And I've, I've got, we met so many great businesses already that I'm just like, wow, like I wish more people knew about that. Mm -hmm. I wish more people knew about what you, who you are and, and how you, you go about your business plan. You know, like, what do you do? What's important to you? What values do you stake your business on? You know, I think those are important to talk about in, also just to get the word out, you know, so others that are moving here or that are coming back for the summer know about these amazing businesses in our area. And so it would just be like a conversation we're having right now, um, just to have a conversation with them and, and just to talk about these things and, and, and highlight those things and really just, and also talk about their faith and, and, and just their, their life, because that's all woven together. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all woven together, what we do and our family lives and our, our faith and what we believe in that should, that is all a, a woven trap- tapestry. So, so just, you know, reaching, you know, having those conversations with some business owners and just really highlighting it. And so that's been kind of just put on my heart, um, just, uh, you know, as I'm new, um, and thinking, wow, what can we do to help these businesses? Because, you know, the community thrives, we thrive. Well, folks, I guarantee you it's going to be uh, some interesting conversation with Anne-Marie Bianchi here on uh, Key Radio, and like I said, we'll get all the particulars worked out and let you know when she's going to be back on. But uh, excellent job today. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's been so great to be with you this morning. And thank you for sharing your story. Uh, I know maybe it's uh, easy to do some days, but it's not always easy to do because there are probably certain things that, you know, remind you of this or that or what have you. But uh, thank you for your strength. Thank you for your faith. Thank you for your dedication. Thank you uh, to Anne-Marie's family for being so supportive of her, her husband, Scott, and their five children. And uh, just keep plugging along, girl, because you, you got it uh, you got it going on. You sure do. Thank you. And, you know, Kami, I just want to take this opportunity. You know, uh, being new here, um, I cannot thank the community enough because we've had people come and, right. and bring meals and cards and people haven't I met once just have come you know and just encouraged me and text me and I'm going to tell you every single one of those was at the perfect time so I just want to take the opportunity from Scott and I to thank the community for loving us for walking with us um, for supporting us um, for, um, just letting us, uh, just, just holding our hands through that. Cause it's really, I mean, it's unbelievable being so new to the community. Really. One other thing I would have mentioned real quick, uh, February 23rd. And that is what Thursday, no, Thursday, Thursday, yeah. this Thursday, they'll have a Binaki fundraiser for medical and legal costs, light appetizers, live music, a cash bar at the Shawnee bluff winery on Bagnaldam Boulevard in Lake Ozark. A $20 donation is suggested. It's going to be this Thursday evening from 5 until 8. You can meet uh, Anne-Marie. You can meet her husband, Scott. You can meet the family, I guess, the, the members of your family that will be there. Talk to her directly. Share your thoughts. Share your stories. And, uh, you know, if you're somebody going through this, I would say it's probably not a bad idea to come out and uh, get a little encouragement from this lady because she is awful darn good at it. She's <laughs> awful darn good at it. And, uh, again... We look forward to uh, to Thank a new you. journey yes. here on Key Radio with Anne-Marie Bianchi. And again, the uh, fundraiser, again, this Thursday, February 23rd, Shawnee Bluff Winery. And uh, that's from 5 until 8. It is 9.02. We thank Anne-Marie and thank you for joining us. And stick around, folks. 
the true history professor, Professor Jim Paisley, is in following our top of the hour break with some news from Stacy Johnson, some sports with Chris Schneider. Stacy with LakeExpo.com, Chris with Lake TV, and we're going to talk about uh, President Grover Cleveland on The Daily Show. The Lake of the Ozarks' only community radio station. That's right, you've got a hand in it, Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, February 21st. A Rocky Mount man was seriously injured in a crash Saturday on Route W. 62-year-old Ronald Libert was driving when the vehicle traveled off the right side of the roadway, struck a MoDOT sign, and overturned down an embankment, according to the Highway Patrol. Libert sustained serious injuries and was transported by private conveyance to Lake Regional Hospital. An Awardsville man was killed Monday in a motorcycle crash on Route Y. 20-year-old Logan Lowry was driving when the Highway Patrol says a vehicle failed to negotiate a curve, ran off the right side of the road, overturned, and struck a sign. 19-year-old Raina Taff was a passenger on the motorcycle. She sustained moderate injuries and was transported to Lake Regional Hospital. Lowry was pronounced at Lake Regional Hospital. The Lake Pub Crawl, a.k.a. the Mardi Gras Pub Crawl, is bringing three days of fun to Lake of the Ozarks this weekend. Starting this Friday, February 24th, and going through Sunday, the Mardi Gras party doesn't stop. This year will include parties at Dog Days and Encore, as well as various other pub crawl spots, and transportation is back this year with buses running on Saturday from 4 in the afternoon until midnight. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake News Events, Boating, and the Lake Life, lakeexpo.com. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. Lakeexpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Tow. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. We've got some college and some high school hoops for you tonight. High school action on Lake TV. It's the last game of the regular season on Lake TV. 18 and 6 for sales at 7 and 18 Eldon tonight. The Tigers and Mustangs. You can see that on Lake TV. Tip-off scheduled for right around 7:30. The COMC pregame show about 10 minutes before tip-off. Again, it's for sales and Eldon tonight on Lake TV. It'll be Camdenton playing California Thursday. College hoops tonight. It is Mizzou looking for its 20th win of the season. They are at home against Mississippi State tonight. MSU Bears will be at home against Murray State tonight. And on the ice, the St. Louis Blues looking to break a two-game losing skid. They're on the road to play the Hurricanes. Spring training underway for the Cardinals and the Royals. They both have their first game of spring training this Saturday. Cardinals against the Nationals and the Royals will take on Texas. 
Hard to believe it's spring training time already. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, and they're all greatness, including Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris every day at 802-102 and 802. They talk about what's going on at the lake, lake news, lake sports, lake events, all of that on Lake TV. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by our media partners at Lake TV. If it's happening at the lake, it's happening on Lake TV. Lake TV brings you five local shows to let you know what's going on and help you get to know our area's movers and shakers. Lake TV also brings you live high school football and basketball and a weekly coaches show. Watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90 or absolutely free on Roku, Amazon Fire, and always streaming live at MyLakeTV.com. If you're a member or a prospective member of the Camdenton Chamber of Commerce, you need to check out the Leads Group. That's L-E-A-D-S. It's business professionals meeting on a regular basis for an hour to share experience and referrals. It's a great way for new business owners to network with people in the know over morning coffee. Contact the Camdenton Chamber Office for information at 573-346-2227. Join 89.3 The Key for the True History Professor program featuring Professor Jim Paisley. The national media now is kind of taking advantage of people. They hit you with a, you know, a big headline and then they don't give you any information behind it. There's no context to it. And so what I'm going to try and do, uh, you know, on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what what were the events? What are the things behind the scenes here? What, what led to this? Professor Paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present-day events. But we take it on face value without having any knowledge of why. It, well, it's because the news told us. Join Professor Jim Paisley Thursdays and Saturdays at 6 a.m., 2 p.m., and 10 p.m. for the True History Professor program on 89.3 The Key. This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key. Key. Why not enjoy 
another hour of the Daily Show, and uh, you get to do that with our good friend, the one and only true history professor, Jim Paisley. i got to say again, thank you so much to Anne-Marie Bianchi and her family for allowing us the opportunity to spend some time with her in the first hour of the program. What an amazing woman. What an amazing person. And as I said, uh, she is going to uh, be back to join us now and again to uh, talk about uh, the the subjects, uh, the, the businesses that she was mentioning. And we're uh, so looking forward to it because, like I said, she is just phenomenal. For someone to go through what she has gone through and to uh, stay as strong. And I'm sure she had her ups and uh, as well as her downs. Uh, but, uh, you know, for her to stay as strong as she has stayed and to uh, to just maintain the way that she has is incredible. 9-11 is our time, and we have uh, some nice weather for you today. 62 degrees for the high. Some clouds this morning and becoming cloudy during the afternoon. Clouds and scattered showers and thunderstorms developing late tonight, and it looks like that is certainly what we're going to get tomorrow with a 100% chance for some showers and thunderstorms. Uh, there is a potential for maybe a little uh, severe weather. 66 are high tomorrow, sunny and 45 on Thursday, partly cloudy and 43 on Friday. Clouds and 55 on Saturday, showers and 59 on Sunday. So not bad at all. And uh, we'll, we'll roll in to uh, the month of March right now looking uh, for a mostly cloudy day on March 1st and a high of 64, so you got to love it. Professor Jim Paisley joining us in the studio this morning. He's a day early, but with good reason. You've got a uh, a granddaughter that's going to be competing in uh, in the uh, state championships for, uh, yeah. for wrestling. Yes, I'm so proud of her. Uh, she's a junior at Southern Boone and uh, took second in the districts and qualified her for the state. And so that starts up in Columbia tomorrow and Thursday, and I'm really looking forward to it. Go, Eddie. I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of her. Yeah. She is uh, an amazing young lady, and I didn't realize she was only a junior in high school, so right. she's got another year to go. Yeah. yeah. Colleges are already sending her stuff. Really? Oh, yeah. 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 So, yeah, she, uh, you know, was freshman year, she was in gym class and just uh, working out and, uh, she started lifting weights, and the football team was in there, and she lifted more than any of the football players. And the coach said, we need to get her in a sport. <laughs> so I don't know about you playing football, but uh, I, I would say that uh, maybe, you know, you could be a, a wrestler. Yeah. And female wrestling has really taken oh, off. It's huge. I mean, it has just really taken off. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, amazing. On the know? high school and collegiate level. And then... I mean, where do you go after that, though? Would would she consider a career in the WWE? Ah, you know, I I think the big big thing that her parents are looking at is get that scholarship. <laughs> you know, after that, she can be anything she wants. But uh, nowadays, with the price of college, uh, you know, if you can if you can excel at a sport, go for it, kids, go for it. Yeah, so it's going to be fun. Looking forward to it. I and mean, she's already a winner getting to go to the state. So that's very true. Yeah, very true. Yeah, yeah. So. On the radar this morning is uh, President Grover Cleveland. Yeah, I had a good friend uh, recommend that to me. Well, I, and, and i got to <laughs> tell you, man, uh, I saw something. And, and it's interesting because in this day and age, of course, we talk about Biden and we talk about Trump and we talk about Obama. Mm-hmm. And President Carter has been in the news. Of course, right. he's in hospice care. or did He didn't pass away. No. He's no, still in he's hospice still care. still hanging on. Yeah. And Reagan and the Bushes and maybe Ford and Nixon. Uh, but we really don't get into some of the other 
presidents right. like maybe, you know, went Taft. And- right, right. They all have fascinating stories. And this is this one here, he's one of those that's just kind of, he's, he's off the radar. Yeah. And most people couldn't tell you anything about him. But you're going to know everything by the time we get done today. Well, and, and uh, so <laughs> what fascinates me is the fact that he was elected president twice and yes. not consecutively. Right. But he won the popular vote three times. Yeah. You know, and, and that is, it's, it, it, and his name's going to come up, folks, because, you know, with Trump's hat in the ring, he's trying to do what Cleveland did, you know, to come back as president. And you got to think about that. So you're, you're in there, you serve your term, and then whatever reason, you lose out. And people are saying, no, we don't want you anymore. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, he comes back and wins it again. So how do you do that? Well, maybe the people realize the old adage: "You don't know what you got till it's gone." Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know, it would, maybe that'll happen again. Yeah, it would be wise for Trump to sit down and and maybe read a, read up a little bit on on Cleveland and how he did it. There you go. You know, again, history repeats itself, my friend. Yeah, yeah. So you ready to dive in on this? Let's go. All right. So we're going to talk about Grover Cleveland. All right. Now the guy lived from 1837 to 1908. And like KB said, folks, he served as the 22nd and the 24th U.S. president. And it's, you know, you sit back and, and again, the big question you have is, how do you do that? All right. He's the only president to date who served two non-consecutive terms and also the only Democratic president to win election during the period of Republican domination of the White House. And we're talking that stretched from Abraham Lincoln in 1860 to the end of William Howard Taft's term in 1913. So this is the one guy that's that's pops out right in this whole period of time from 1860 to 1913 it was all republicans and yet somehow this guy manages to you know go against the 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 grain and get elected Mm -hmm. now it's interesting his background he worked as a lawyer and then served as the mayor of buffalo new york and he was the governor of new york state before assuming the presidency now his real name is Stephen Grover Cleveland, all right? And he was born in Caldwell, New Jersey, on March the 18th of 1837, and he was the fifth of nine kids. Now, back then, in 1837, you know, everybody, pretty much agrarian communities, and the bottom line is, is uh, you, you raise little workers is what you did. The more kids you could have, the more workers you had around the farm and everything <laughs> else. So families back then were pretty good size, you know. Nowadays, you get two kids, and you're thinking, how am I going to feed enough hamburger helper for two of them? Can you imagine with nine of them exactly so, yeah so quite a deal um basically he uh he was the son of a presbyterian minister by the name of richard cleveland and his mom was ann cleveland and in 1841 the family moved to upstate new york which is i don't know if you've ever been up in upstate new york i mean you can fly over that and it's just nothing but trees for miles and miles and miles i flew to albany one time and i was amazed we think in new york of skyscrapers but the bulk of that state is just a lot like the Ozarks. It's hard scrabble living up there. You know, it's just trees and hills and valleys and, you know, trying to scratch out a living with nine kids in the 1800s had to be something else. So pretty tough stock, to say the least. Now, 
Basically, uh, Cleveland wound up having to leave school when he was 16 years old. His dad passed away in 1853, just prior to the Civil War. And since he wasn't able to afford a college education, he worked as a teacher in a school for the blind in New York City, and then as a clerk at a law firm in Buffalo, New York. Now, after clerking for several years, Cleveland passed the state bar in 1859, which that in itself... Uh, 1859, so he was 16 when his dad died. So six years later, at 22, he passes the bar without a college education. So again, you know, kind of interesting. Just, you know, guy was pretty sharp. Now, Cleveland, <clears throat> interestingly enough, did not fight in the American Civil War. Because, I mean, he's a prime age right then to, to be in the war, all right? But <clears throat> this, you know, we could do a whole show on this. When the Conscription Act past, which was, you know, uh, the government's way of drafting people, the first draft, when it was passed in 1863 under Lincoln, Cleveland paid a Polish immigrant to serve in his place. Now, that's the way it worked back then. If you didn't want to serve in the military, you could pay to have somebody go in your place, which is kind of an interesting concept. And a lot of people refer to the Civil War as the the rich man's war and the poor man's fight. And the reason why is because the rich people could buy their way out of having to serve in the military, which, you know, like I say, we could do a whole show on that. Mm -hmm. Now, basically, in Cleveland's first political office, uh, he was elected as the sheriff of Erie County, New York. And it was a position that he assumed in 1871, just after the Civil War. And during his two-year term, he carried out death sentences uh, of three convicted murderers. Uh, and back then, death by hanging was the way they did it still. Now, in 1873, he returned to his law practice, and he, persuade, he was persuaded to run for the mayor of Buffalo in 1881 as a reformer of the corrupt city government. And he won the election and took office in 1882. Now, <clears throat> this guy is pretty interesting and this is where it starts is you start to realize how it is that he gets to be uh get this reputation and gets elected uh when he really shouldn't be but he is a big time opponent of political machine politics now i know we can't relate to that at all today no, right no sir well this guy didn't care I mean, he could care less if he got reelected or not. He goes after these big political machines. And I mean, these things were huge back then. There wasn't any regulations. Uh, cities like Cleveland, Philadelphia, New York, uh, Chicago, they were all run by these city bosses, if you will. Think of it almost like a, a mob. And these guys had tremendous power. What they would do is they'd take immigrants, get them right off the boat, offer them a job. Now you got all these people beholden to you, and they ran things the way they wanted to. And the, the corruption, the skimming off the top on projects, you name it, it was there. And they were so strong and so powerful, nobody could do anything about it. People knew it was happening. Well, now all of a sudden you got this guy who's mayor comes into Buffalo and says, no, we're, we're going to bust this up. We're not going to let it happen. Well, sure enough, he's doing such a good job that he gets, gets asked to run as the governor of New York. And he became governor in 1883, and he was so opposed to unnecessary government spending that he vetoed eight bills sent up by the legislature in his first two months. In his first two months, this guy does this. Now, <clears throat> they're saying, man, this guy's 
serious about doing something, all right? Now, while Cleveland was popular with the voters, he made tremendous enemies within his own party. Because let's face it, folks, it didn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat, these big cities, you know, were being run by the politicians, all right? And particularly, he went after Tammany Hall political machine in New York City, which was huge. This is the days where you could wind up with the cement overshoes if you got crossways with these guys. So these, he's, he's taken a lot of risks. Well, he run the, won the respect of a New York State assemblyman. And future president, none other than Teddy Roosevelt, saw what Cleveland was doing, and he said, I'll back you. I'll help you. So you talk about a, a couple of powerhouses. You've got Cleveland and Roosevelt, Teddy, all right? And along came several reform-minded Republicans. Now, bear in mind, this guy's a Democrat. But because he's willing to take on the tough issues, now all of a sudden he's getting some of these Republicans to back him as well. And lo and behold, people saw him as pres- presidential material. Now, he won the presidential Democratic nomination in 1884 in spite of his opposition, or maybe because of his opposition, to Tammany Hall, the New York mob bosses. All right. Now, KB, you know me, I've got to find some interesting information on these people. And I found something that was, I thought was pretty, pretty humorous. Uh, Cleveland was known as the big guy, not like the big guy today. Mm-hmm. All right. The reason why he was he was the big guy is people called him Big Steve. Bear bear in mind his name was was Stephen Grover Cleveland, but they called him Big Steve uh, as one of his nicknames because this guy weighed two hundred seventy five pounds. Good lord! And he's he's about as tall as me. <laughs> I mean he's he's as he's as as wide as he is tall. All right. Uh, in fact, he was the second heaviest president after William Howard Taft. Okay, so he's he was right up there amongst the big boys. All right. And I thought it was kind of funny because of all things, the modern day fitness magazine named him as the least healthiest president. Great. Because of his penchant for beer drinking and cigar smoking. Well, somebody everybody's got to have a hobby. Well, he's got my vote. You know, I mean, here you go. He's, He's going after big government, drinking beer and smoking cigars. So right there, you got to think, well, this isn't your normal president right and so you know i thought if if anything else what everything else you learned today you know here you got this big fat guy drinking beer and smoking cigars i'm thinking well no wonder we want this guy right you know now in the 1884 presidential campaign it was an ugly affair believe it or not yes politics back then were just as ugly as they are today now his opponent cleveland's republican opponent was u.s senator james blaine of maine and he was implicated in several financial scandals, while Cleveland was involved in a paternity case. You know, I mean, basically, Cleveland and his boys are saying, this guy's a crook. He's in there with Tammany and the rest of them, and he's making all kinds of money as a politician. And lo and behold, Blaine turned right around and said, well, why don't we talk about your illegitimate kid? You know, so like I say, folks, you know, you think politics is ugly today. It was just as bad back then. Well, they confronted him about it, and during his early days, he was, you know, like I say, quite the party man, and he, when they confronted him, he, they said, is this kid yours? And he 
basically his answer was, well, it could be. You know, he's like, I don't know, you know, maybe. So, you know, he said there were a lot of women back in the day. <laughs> and so he went ahead and this gal confronted him and he paid child support uh, to a woman who claimed that she was the father of his kid. So, you know, he didn't deny it. You know, again, uh, you know, that's that's kind of unique, you know, in that uh, you'd like to see that today. You know, this guy doesn't want big government, and when they confront him on something, he says, well, I don't know, maybe I did. You know, so he's he's honest, you know, which, again, a rarity for a politician, all right? Now, despite the scandal, Cleveland actually wins the election with the support of what they called mugwumps. Now, a mugwump is somebody that's uh, basically uh, from the other party but winds up supporting somebody with the opposition, okay? So, basically, the Republicans, they said, well, we know Blaine's corrupt as all get out, and he's skimming money. So, a lot of the Republicans kind of threw their support behind the Democrat, okay? Which was mugwumpery, they called it, all right? What's that? Mugwump. Yeah, M-U-G-W-U-M-P, mugwumpery. Yeah, and you sometimes see it today when somebody, uh, you know, jumps parties, they'll call him a mugwumper. Yeah. A mugwumper. Mugwumper, yeah. Kind of a, a nice nice term, right? Yeah, it could be worse, right? I've heard them called other things. Now, <clears throat> basically, Cleveland wins this thing. And once in office, he continued to the policies of his predecessor, Chester Arthur, in basing political appointments on merit rather than party affiliation. Again, are you seeing a trend here? This guy's saying, you know, these guys shouldn't get this because he's a Rockefeller son or whatever, or a Vanderbilt. He's saying, no, if the guy can do the job, I'll give him the job. Otherwise, you know, hit the door, Jack, and that's exactly what he did. Okay, so again, people are saying, wow, this guy's unique, all right? Now, he tried to reduce government spending using the veto more than any other president up to that point. Now, get this, KB. He voted, he vetoed twice as many congressional bills as all 21 of the previous presidents ahead of him. Twice as many. This guy vetoed 414 bills that were sent to him in his first term in office. Now, I mean, this guy... Basically, every time they'd send him something, say, yeah, we want to turn around and, you know, raise the deficit or we want to, you know, launch some big program, he'd turn around and say, uh, don't think so, and he'd can it. So basically, the people are looking at this guy and saying, wow, who is he? You know, what party is he? I mean, he, he doesn't care. His whole thing is, is reduce the size of government and get honest people in there. So again, Trump, if you're listening, pay attention. This is what this guy did. All right, so a pretty fascinating individual. I think so, and I like his uh, his thought process, and I'm sure people listening this morning like it as well. We are experiencing a little bit of a technical difficulty with our camera, and we're working on that for you folks, so we'll try to get that back up. If you uh, are uh, looking for us, well, of course, we're on 89.3, keyradio.live. And, uh, yes, we've got those free phone apps for your Androids and your iPhones. So stick around. More of Professor Jim Paisley and his history lesson this morning on Grover Cleveland. It's all happening on The Daily Show.
Stacy Johnson. Johnson. And this is your like Expo, Expo News Cut for Tuesday, February 21st. 21st. A Rocky Mountain man was Mount seriously man was injured in a crash Saturday on Route W. 62-year-old Donald Lerber was, was driving when the vehicle traveled off the right side of the roadway, struck a motorcycle sign, and overturned down an embankment, according to Highway Patrol. Lerber sustained serious injuries and was transported by private conveyance to Lake Regional Hospital. And a Wardsville man Monday in a motorcycle crash on Route 20-year-old Logan Lowry was driving when the highway patrol says the vehicle failed to negotiate a curve, ran off the right side of the road, overturned, and struck a sign. 19-year-old Raina Tass was on the motorcycle. She sustained moderate injuries and was transported to Lake Regional Hospital. Lowry was pronounced Lake Regional Hospital. The Lake Pub Crawl, a.k.a. the Mardi Gras Pub Crawl, is bringing three days of fun to the Lake of the Ozarks this weekend. This weekend. Starting this Friday, Starting this February, February 24th, and going through, and Sunday, through Sunday, the Mardi Gras party, Mardi Gras party doesn't, stop. doesn't stop. This year, this year will include parties at dog days and encores, as well as various other pub crawl, crawl spots, and transportation, and transportation is back this year, back with buses, this year running, with buses running, running on Saturday, from 4 in the afternoon until midnight. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut, all this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake News Events, Boating, and the Lake Lakeexpo.com. A portion of the portion of the on key radio is brought to you by Wildlife Removal Service, offering a portable solution for all of your residential and commercial nuisance animal problems. Adairs, the wildlife where it belongs. In the wild, serving Campbellville and Morgan County online at adairs-animals.com or call 
We encourage interested content providers to create podcasts that explain the finer points of business, family issues, arts and entertainment, religion, government, and more. Key Radio is also looking for unique and one-of-a-kind podcasts as well. Key Radio is based on positive and productive podcasts that encourage and inspire our listeners to become engaged in their community. For more information on becoming a content provider, call 573-280-0532 or go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. You're listening to 89.3, The Key. I'm Bill Munhausen for Orion Center Creation Expo. Imagine this. Jesus finds two fishermen casting their nets and says, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they drop their nets and follow him. Then Jesus runs into another fisherman, John. But instead of following Jesus, John says, I believe in your ministry, Jesus, but I operate a profitable fishing business and have a life and responsibilities. I'll stay here, but I'll serve you by telling all my clients the good news. Is this John a follower of Jesus? The obvious answer is, of course not. Staying behind is pretty much the opposite of following, no matter how you spin it. The gospel is not just believing, it's doing the will of the Lord. Jesus' words are recorded in John 14, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. We can be a little conflicted about Jesus' message, being so involved with church activities and such that we forget Jesus' commandment to go into the world and make disciples. Consider then becoming a true follower. These 60-second messages are based on the book... XPO by Bill Munhausen, available in Amazon Books. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. Key Gathering Place is a special kind of community center. The serving table makes community meals twice every week. Birthday parties, wedding receptions, or simple gatherings of friends. We have space for meetings and events too big for your living room. Whether you need the patio or our sunroom or our main hall seating 60 with tables, we've got you covered. Our rates are flexible and less than you might think. We make space for your idea to serve the community. www.keygatheringplace.com Positive programming provided by you on the Lakes Community Radio Station, 89.3, The Key. 937, yes, we are uh, enjoying a great history lesson this hour with Professor Jim Paisley, of course, uh, talking about President Grover Cleveland, one of the more interesting presidents of our time. Uh, he was touted as the eighth greatest president. So, And yet nobody knows anything about him. Uh, you know, there might be a few Grover Cleveland fans out there. <laughs> Not many. Not buddy. many? No. You don't think? <laughs> no, I don't think so. He's got a, you know... you. You're out shopping someplace, and you're walking through the the store, and you see somebody with a shirt on, and you're like, who's that? Yeah. You don't recognize Grover Cleveland? Right. Well, that's like when they go out on the street and show a picture of Biden. Half the people don't know who he is. Yeah. You know, it just blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I will tell you this much, folks, that uh, I don't know if we're going to get our camera back or not, but we're certainly going to continue to try while uh, Professor Paisley uh, does his thing. You'll still get the audio 
and uh, then you get to see my ugly mug up close. But uh, as far as things go, let's continue on with our uh, right. history lesson this morning. President right. Grover Cleveland. Well, now here, like I say, we know this guy has already got a whole different approach to government as opposed to everybody prior to him. And of all things, in his personal life, in 1886, Cleveland married Frances Folsom. She was a student at Wells College in New York who was 27 years younger than him. Yes, very young gal. Mm -hmm. And uh, even though Cleveland was not the first president to marry while he's in office, he is the only one who had the ceremony for the president in the White House. Right. Right. So, anyhow, uh, his new wife, age 21, uh, became the youngest first lady in U.S. history. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 21-year-old. Okay. Now, the Clevelands would go on to have five kids. Now, I found another great article on, uh, of all things, it was on the American conservative. And it's talking about a Democrat. All right. It was written by a fellow by the name of Daniel Bring. And he, you know, one of these guys, a professor that's done all kinds of studies on this guy. Now, <clears throat> he was the most successful member of a group named Bourbon Democrats. Bourbon Democrats, all right? And no, that's not because they sat around and drank bourbon all day, but, <laughs> you know, you'd like to think so, all right? right? It was supposedly to be a slander against him and his followers by the, his Republican enemies, all right? Now, the critics in, intended the name to suggest that Cleveland had Southern sympathies and counter-revolutionary virtues. And the Bourbons were a curious coalition of New Yorkers and Southerners. Now, again, think about when this is. This is after the Civil War, and here's a president. You talk about, you know, nowadays how they're, you know, trying to, you know, campaign in Ohio and then in Texas and trying to get the votes. Here's a guy that's actually able to bring together New Yorkers and Southerners who were shooting at each other 20 years prior. <laughs> I mean, this guy's a politician, right? Right. Now, basically what happened is these bourbon Democrats saved the Democratic Party and, at the same time, American conservatism. Now, you think, how in the world can that be? But basically, immediately following the Civil War, you know, we're still divided. And defenders of states' rights and Republican liberty and economic temperance, they basically opposed the idea of this, oh, the government was focused solely on Reconstruction. We've got to do something. We've got to make sure that slavery never comes back. And we need to, you know, punish the South for what they've done. And, and you know, they these guys came out and, and just basically, you know, took control. They sent military commanders in the South. And, and, I mean, basically they were, you know, under martial law, if you will, uh, by the far-right Republicans in the South during Reconstruction, okay? Now, <clears throat> again, these guys, they're sitting there saying, okay, we, you know, we've got to take hold of the government and get us back on an even keel and quit worrying about, you know, the wars in the past. Let's move forward. Now, <clears throat> These guys have been slandered, these bourbon Democrats, as reactionary racists for their oppositions, uh, opposition to plans like those of Grant and Sherman, who simply said, you know, we'll take all the land from the plantation owners and we'll redistribute it out to all the former slaves and we'll turn around and, and we'll do all sorts of things as far as the economy. We'll take control of the southern economy. And, I mean, basically they were dictating 
how the South would get back into uh, the good graces of the North. But these guys are sitting there as mediators between the two. Now, <clears throat> the Bourbons were presumed heirs to the notorious what they called Doe Faces, and these were Northern Democrats like Buchanan and Pierce who tried to be judicious in handling the sectional crisis prior to the war. So basically, these guys are saying, look, everything's gone in the past. These bourbon Democrats in Cleveland come in and say, let's, let's step back and go back to the founding fathers and see what this country is really supposed to be. Now, despite all the maligning, these guys were remarkably successful at winning the support of voters and protecting the tradition of American conservatism. And, you know, again, they're for less government. Therefore, uh, looking at the economy, you know, and putting us on a sound footing, they're opposed to, you know, flat out uh, democ- democracy where it's mob rule. They're saying, no, everybody needs to have a voice. You know, it's not, you know, the, the largest number of votes is going to dictate what the whole country does. Now, <clears throat> Cleveland's initial success was only a rear guard action. It was also a tactical masterstroke because he had finally busted up the Tammany Hall machine. And basically, of all things, what happened was is the Tammany Hall people said, okay, you know, the empire is gone. They now start back in Cleveland. The guy that was there, you know, a death knell opponent, and here he is. Now, in the election of 1884 against the corrupt anti-Catholic James Blaine, what we saw was an, an administration that was temperate, conservative, and had an honest politician in the White House. And Cleveland stood on the shoulders of honorable and prudent men, his bourbon predecessors, who had chipped away at the Republican domination of American politics. And it was Cleveland's reputation for honesty, perseverance, and diligence that secured him the nomination in 1884. Yet his unwavering commitment to his policy goals, the end of trade protectionism, which the Republicans were putting like 60% tariffs on everything coming in, which drove the prices up here at home. And basically, he's sitting there going against the grain, and it had a real political cost when he lost his bid for re-election to to, uh, none other than Benjamin Harris in 1888. So the guy is doing everything he can to try and, and right the ship, but because he's doing it, he wound up losing uh, the election. Now, Harrison, the Republican nominee, enjoyed considerable support from industrialists and their laborers who favored high tariffs. Now, understand how this works, KB. We're bringing stuff in from, from Europe, and it, it might be grain, products, whatever. And if you put a 60% tariff on it, nobody's going to buy the stuff coming in from Europe. But what that does, it allows the people in the United States who are manufacturing to jack their prices up 50%. And it's still cheaper than what's coming in. So you see why they, what their interest was. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this kind of sets, sets the stage here, all right? And in the meantime, while this is happening, understand you and I... It's kind of like where we are today, where we're having to pay these high prices. Well, when you eliminate the foreign goods coming in, the cheap competition, the price goes up, which causes inflation. And now all of a sudden, you and I are paying through the nose, but by God, the politicians are happy. <laughs> and the big companies are happy because right. they're making money. 
Yeah, it see it, it's it, it, again it's fascinating to me how how the parallels of what happens in the 1880s is happening in 2023. It's the same sort of thing, right? And so anyhow, what we see is that people are paying through the nose for goods. Now, when the Democratic Party winds up coming coming uh, nominating ex-president Cleveland again in 1892, their platform was the complete opposite of what Harrison had. Harrison was in there, and he's doing all these things that are jacking up the inflation. It's cut off competition, and people are, are starving to death in the streets because of it. They have rampant inflation, which I know none of us can relate to today. And so Harrison basically was riding a sinking ship on his own. And people said, things were so much better when we had that Cleveland guy in there. <laughs> yeah. Now... Think about that, okay? Have we not heard that today? Well, you know, as big a jerk as Trump was, things economically were much better, okay? So it set the stage, if you will, for people to say, I don't care. The guy's a jerk, you know, and we didn't like We booted him out. But, my God, at least we were eating well and, you know, people were doing well. And this Harrison comes in. And takes care of all the big fat cats and everybody else and big business. And now we're sitting there in a world of hurt. Let's bring him back. That's how it happened. It's just as simple as that. Okay? And again, history repeats itself. All right? So again, Trump, if you're listening out there, pay attention to what this dude did. All right? It's not it's not rocket science. You know? Quit. Oh, but you think that uh, sometimes the way they approach it today, that it is. Yes, exactly. You know? And thank God uh, Cleveland didn't have Twitter so he could tweet and shoot himself in the foot like, you know, Trump did the whole time. You know? But here you are, right? Now, basically, here he is. Cleveland comes back into office. The recession of the 1890s had vindicated everything Cleveland said. You jack those tariffs up, and you're going to wind up creating a tremendous recession. And people are going to be starving in the streets. And sure enough, it happened. So here comes Cleveland coming back and saying, I'll put it back the way it was. Now, he basically reveals himself as an anti-imperialist. He said, we don't need to be spending all our money traveling around the world trying to gobble up other countries. We need to fix ours, okay? And he basically led the opposition to Harrison's military spending and expanding throughout the world, okay? So again, he's he's saying, we need to look at the domestic side of this and before we worry about what we're doing everywhere else, okay? Now, Harrison's ambitions would later come to be uh, during the reigns of Wilson and Roosevelt's, uh, you know, uh, this whole progressive movement. But while we got Cleveland in there, he's he's holding it back. He's keeping it from happening. Now, unlike the campaign of 1884, the presidential campaign of 1892 was pretty well quiet and restrained. The main reason why is Harrison... Uh, the opponent, whose wife, Carolyn Harrison, was dying of tuberculosis, didn't campaign personally. And Cleveland, saying it wouldn't be fair for me to go out there and campaign while this guy can't be out there because his wife is suffering from TB. So, you know, again, it shows a lot about the character of this guy. He's saying, you know, we'll we'll post stuff in the papers and we'll have our, our debates when we can, but I'm not going to s- throw mud on a guy whose wife is dying, which, again... What a, what a rare entity this guy was, right? 
Now, Cleveland winds up winning this thing, and in his second term, he, he steps into the worst financial crisis in the country's history. Bear in mind, this is before the Great Depression, all right? So he inherits a hell of a mess, right? Like I say, inflation's through the roof. He's got to come in and try and fix this thing. And lo and behold, no sooner than he gets in there, the panic of 1893 begins. And the railroads are going bankrupt, uh, followed by bank failures, a na- nationwide credit crisis, stock market crash, all kinds of things happening. Unemployment was at 19% when he came in. All right, and now you get a whole bunch of strikes coming with coal and transportation industries, which is, you know, people heated their homes with coal. So people are saying, help, we got to do something. Now, one of his greatest accomplishments, and this is complicated, all right, and I believe me, guys, I, I worked on this for two days trying to get it as simple as I could get it, all right? What happened was, is Cleveland comes in and he repeals something called the Sherman Silver Purchase Act of 1890. Now, in essence, here's, here's what it is. I mean, you can go back, and, and there were two things, the, the Sherman Silver Purchase Act and something called the Bland-Allison Act. And for you history buffs that want to dive into this, you financial people, you know, bill of cash, people like that, you can have a field day with this. But trying to get it down to simple English where people can understand it, here's what it was. The Sherman Silver Purchase Act of 1890 required the U.S. government to buy 4.5 million ounces of silver every month. 4.5 million ounces of silver. And the act was repealed by Cleveland in 1893 because what it did is it decreased the amount of gold reserves that we had available here in the country. Our dollars were backed by gold. Now, farmers and debtors and silver miners in the western U.S., of course, they're all in favor of this. They're saying, yeah, we we can sell all our silver to the government, okay, and we'll make a fortune on this. Well, Cleveland says, no, you're screwing up the whole economy by shifting us from gold to silver. Now, here's how it worked, and this is, like I say, this was a hell of a deal trying to get it down this simple. Prior to the repeal of the act by Cleveland, individuals could exchange their paper money for its total value in gold or silver. So I've got a dollar here. I could go and actually exchange it Mm -hmm. for gold or silver. But understand the government is the one that's buying all the silver. And so the government is telling everybody that – don't give them gold. They're telling the banks, give them silver instead. So the gold reserve is going down, and everybody's trading in silver, which, you know, it's all false. But what the value of silver is is because the government's the one that's pushing it up. Right. All right? So this screws everything up again. And so what it did is it caused the government to turn around and sell their gold dollars out of circulation. Now, what that means is, is just like we and I have talked, KB, about the Federal Reserve, how if they raise the interest rates, Mm -hmm. the government can pull the money in, and now all of a sudden, as they're pulling money out of the system, the value of the dollar goes up. The same thing happened. When you pull the gold out, the value of the dollar, now all of a sudden it changes it. Does it make sense? Okay, so basically what we're seeing happen here is it's the same thing as the Federal Reserve before the Federal Reserve. The government is manipulating the money. And I was going to say, who who was really kind of behind this push? There had to be somebody 
that knew that there was just some money to be made, and so they were influential as far as the president at that time was concerned. Kind of like uh, yeah. things that we're dealing with now. To answer your question, it was the Department of Treasury. Right. You know, and so they're looking at the coffers and saying, we got to do something. This inflation thing's killing us. And so that was their solution. All right. And, it, you know, again, it's complicated. You can dig into it. But in essence, let's just leave it at the government was manipulating the money. All right. Getting into something else that they didn't need to be involved in. Something else they shouldn't be involved in. Right. In the meantime, you and I are, you know, paying $8 for eggs mm-hmm. or equivalent back then. Right. So you can see how this was a mess. Well, Cleveland said this whole mess of uh, forcing the government to buy four and a half million dollars or four and a half, four and a half million ounces of silver every month is killing us. And he repealed the thing, said, we're not going to do that anymore. We're not going to prop up the whole government and destroy the gold value because some idiot somewhere decided this would be a good idea. Right. Right. And so that's what happened. Now, the thing is, is Cleveland's political base, when he did this, deserted him. I mean, he did what needed to be done, but you lost all of the farmers, you lost all of the debtors, the banks, and you lost all the silver mines. They're all saying, damn it, you know, we were making a killing on silver, and this guy killed it for us. And so he lost all those votes. And when he did that, now he's in trouble again. Mm. All right? Now, basically, despite his actions, Cleveland's political base, like I say, bailed out, and many Americans blamed him for the crisis. Yet his repeal of the Sherman Sherman Act and Cleveland's decision to borrow $65 million in gold from private bankers shortened the Depression. In other words, the guy understood what was going on, and he fixed it. But when he fixed it, he made a lot of very rich fat cats very mad. And that's what killed his second term. And those were the people who had the most influence. And, uh, of course, no matter what he did as a man of the people, uh, the the rich fat cats were the ones who said, "Uh, you got to go, homeboy. Exactly. And understand, this guy ran on a platform and carried out his platform of anti-imperialism, in other words, expansion, you know, into, you know, Central America and, and all over the world. He was all for fiscal discipline. He said, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get the economy back where it needs to be. And number one, limited government. Now, KB, that's a Democrat. That's a Democrat. And so it can be done is what you're telling me. It can be done. And so basically, I think today uh, I've got a good friend of mine out there, John Crenshaw. He uh, He's kind of a independent, if you will. He's uh, – uh, I don't know if you'd call him a libertarian, but Cleveland makes me think of him in that it's like, to heck with a political party. What's common sense? What are the things we need to do to make this – right the ship and get it to move forward? And the legacy of Grover Cleveland is that he saw what needed to be done, common sense issues that today both parties should support, and he did it. <coughs> And that, my friend, is the reason why this guy was elected to two non-consecutive terms. Agendas versus what's best for the country. Yes, and hiring people who were on board with the agenda as opposed to people who just had a big name or had big money. Pretty simple uh, philosophy when you think about it. And that's what gets me is how they can take something so simple and make it so bloody complicated. It's amazing, isn't it? Overthink it. Over-report it, over-explain it, 
overdefine it. Right. When right there in front of you is a simple solution. And, and you know, the thing that kills me is here he is. He, he has these core values. And two of his bi- biographers said that uh, he passed away. Uh, died of a heart attack at, at 71 in, in June of 1908. They said his last words were, I have tried so hard to do right. Mm-hmm. And isn't that, I mean, bottom line is his platform is something that should be adopted by Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians. I mean, it, it's just simple common sense. And And like I say, that's what we're missing now. The pendulum swings way left or way right. Right. And it needs to be in the middle. Huh. <sighs> So cool, maybe, huh? Maybe there was a kind of a reason, a method to the madness of bringing uh, Grover Cleveland's thought process well, to and the airwaves. Did. Like you said, what was he, eighth, eighth most popular president? They well, now you know why. eighth greatest president of all yeah. time. And yet nobody knows anything about him. Yeah. Well, and, and maybe the reason why is you can see there wasn't any party that that fully backed him. I mean, his own Democratic Party, you know, they got... Kind of like Trump. Yes, you know, and and the Republican Party is jumping across the aisle to support his basic common sense ideas. And so maybe that's what we need today. Maybe that's exactly what we need. We need another Grover Cleveland. Grover, if you're out there listening, we need you, buddy. <laughs> another great show, sir. It's fascinating stories. Thank you for, for coming up with the topic. Well, thank you for uh, bringing the topic to the table, and good luck to... Uh, Addison. Yes. Tomorrow, and hopefully she'll carry on into Thursday. Yes. yes. And uh, I don't want to jinx her, so we won't say anything other than good luck, and we wish you the best, young lady. You uh, are a fighter, and uh, I think you're going to do well. I, I really do. Thank you, sir, and we'll see you back here in your regular time slot next Wednesday. You bet, buddy. At 910. I can't uh, wait to hear what the topic is going to be so I can share it with the listeners. And I want to thank all of you for bearing with us uh, throughout uh, our little camera episode. We got it fixed, as we normally do. Uh, Chief Cook and Bottle Washer, that's me on 89.3 KEYK.